Yeah, I can pray over the food and our time. Let's do that. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to be a part of what you're up to in this world. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for the local church. Thank you for this beautiful batch of people that are willing to give of their time and energy to help more people connect with you. Uh, we pray over this meal right now and ask that you would please bless it to our bodies. And uh, we thank you for how wonderful it smells and I'm assuming tastes as well. So Lord, thank you for Pig Minds and their willingness to help us out with this. And thank you for all the work that's gone into organizing these sorts of things, Lord. So we bless you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Phil and Jenny are vegans, right? Yeah, so they're going to put up with us for 10 weeks of ordering food that they don't love. And uh, we figured on training day they could, they could have today. And so, yeah, pig minds and it's good stuff, but it's different. So if you're like, what is this? It's just different. All right, um, just quick update real quick. We have, as of this moment, 71 people registered, and uh, I imagine some more will roll in today and over the next few days, so we're kind of getting close to um, a pretty big amount of people, a pretty large group out of our entire church, and that's, that's exciting. So thank you guys for willing to um, embark on this journey, and thank you for trusting the process. And uh, thank you, Sarah and Maggie, for all your hard work and organizing and just getting everything coordinated. They're the, the brains of the operation, so we appreciate you guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through uh, the, the 10 weeks. I'm gonna, you've got the rooted framework in front of you, and so I'm going to walk through the, the cool nose, dude. You look awesome. You going to eat with us? So I'm going to walk through the 10 weeks and we're going to talk about the question that each week is going to address. And then uh, you can go down there and sit with your food. We're going to look at each question that's addressed. We'll talk through a little bit of the logistics of how that will shake out for that week. And hopefully if you kind of get the feel for where we're going, then it'll, it'll feel less daunting. So that's kind of the plan there. We'll go through all of those. We'll look at the seven rhythms together. And then I'll close out our time considering what your role will be in the big picture of all of this. So hopefully that information will be really, really helpful for you. And one more little clarification. I will say things today as if I know what I'm talking about. I don't. This is a pilot season for us. Um, I will even say some details, and I reserve the right to be wrong. So if we're a little ways into it, and we realize that we need to adjust or adapt, um, things might change, but I will try to, I will try to tell you kind of what to be looking for and when things are going to happen and, and what that could uh, look and feel like. So week one is the vision night slash kickoff. And what that means is next Sunday, right after church ends, we've got a team of individuals who will do a setup. So Brad Webb and then his friend from work, Brian, that's actually new to our church, just volunteered himself and others as well, and we'll, we'll do this. We'll stack chairs, we'll put tables out, we'll get all set and ready. Um, but the first day is the kickoff for everybody. So they, they don't have a workbook yet, so they're getting that for the very first time. They don't know what to expect. Um, 
they don't know who they're even with yet. And so we're going to be putting them at the tables in, in the way that makes the most sense for the most people. And so they'll be learning an awful lot on day one. Uh, for us, then, it means this needs to be a concerted effort for hospitality. So we need to be thinking through, if I were wandering into this thing for the very first time, and I, I'm not sure what to expect, we're trying to set the table for them so they could have a great first day. I will be giving a kickoff talk. So that'll be a big part of the um, schedule for that day, for day one, is a, a kickoff talk where we're just casting the vision. What, what are we doing? And the truth is we've been using a series leading up to this that actually is the framework for the rooted experience. So Acts chapter 2 is where they go to define the, the rooted experience. So the habits that we've been talking about, the rhythms, they show up there. Um, so we kind of have a leg up. I'll go to another place then to do the sermon portion of that time together. Uh, but then there's, um, there's discussion questions. There's some, some different things that you'll need to be doing, including getting to know the people at your table. So day one, I want you to be thinking about um, trying to make that connection as immediately as you can and trying to make it a safe environment to where they could begin to trust you. And your relationship with these people, it's going to be a big deal. You'll see why here in a minute. But uh, day one is all about us getting to know each other, us kind of getting the big picture of what it is that we're doing together and those sorts of things. From there, everyone will have a rooted workbook and they will begin daily devotions. Five readings a week, some prompts for questions and reflection and things like that. And so we're encouraging the people at our table to get going on this. So start doing your daily devotions, carve out some time. We will need to be encouraging them along the way, sending you know, notes out to them, maybe a group text for your table. Uh, things of that nature, just to make sure that people are tracking with us. We don't want them to get to Saturday and be like, oh, I didn't do anything this week. I don't even think I'll go tomorrow then. You know, So we want to we try to encourage them and help them along the way. So that's week one. We are kicking this thing off and setting the stage for an experience together. Week two is who is God? And so if you, you, know, if you look at the workbook or the facilitator guide, you're going to begin to see the like the feel of what a normal week will look like. And so in the facilitator guide, you've got a cheat sheet. It gives you kind of the schedule. It gives you some things that you should do in preparation for that week. And then you're going to have prayer points. You're going to have your group time broken down into sections. So you've got an allotted amount of time to, to just hang out. We're going to adapt it a little bit because we've got the meal component. And in some cases, a little bit shorter timeline than what they might do in a normal rooted session. So we'll adapt some of this and we'll keep reminding you week by week of the things that we change. But then you've got a 40-minute discussion. And so that's a, that's a lot of time. But we're trying to go around and encourage people to share the things that they sense God teaching them throughout their devotional time. Um, week three, we turn our attention to the activity of prayer. And so week three, it's answering the question, how does God speak to us? And so the workbook is going to be encouraging people to think about the habit of prayer, the routine of prayer, the rhythm of prayer, and, and it's going to be giving them some things to do uh, to try to encourage them to, to do this, to practice it. And then week 
four, if I'm not mistaken, week four will be what we call a prayer experience. Okay, now you'll notice that between your facilitator workbook and the rooted framework, some of this stuff won't line up perfectly, so we have to, we have to adapt. And what I mean by that is, in a different setting, we might do the prayer experience separate from the weekly gathering. We're not going to do that for our first pilot episode. We're going to gather here, we're going to have a meal, and then we're actually going to coach people up on how to have a prayer experience on site that day. And we're going to carve out a, a batch of time where we're looking at our table and we're saying, hey, for the next, what is it, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, we're going to give you permission to go wherever you want in the building or in the parking lot, and you're going to pray along these lines. And so we're creating a prayer experience for people to have in that moment, and then the next week and following, we'll be able to debrief. We'll be able to talk through what were some of the challenges? What was it like for you? And uh, that means that some of the discussion questions you're not going to have time for. So that's, that's an adaption that we're making. It's, it's not unusual, by the way. We're not freestyling with this stuff. We're trying to follow best practices. But as you can imagine, with thousands of churches doing this, uh, every, every church is going to have some unique cases. But because we're doing it here, and we're doing it for two hours, and we're offering childcare, we can't really be adding things in and saying, hey, on a different night of the week, we're going to go to a park and pray. You know, we're just trying to keep it in-house and make it easy for everybody. So that's week four. Week five then is, um, it's the practice of repentance. And that's a, that's a heavy one. That's a, we're going to be looking at these things that, like here on, our, uh, on this sheet that you got in front of us, in front of you, it says strongholds. And so we're trying to help people identify some of the, the fact that there is an enemy and he hates us and he doesn't want us to be spiritually successful. And we might have some sin patterns in our lives that we have to be open to exposing and changing. And so on that day, there's a good chance that what we'll do is we'll actually have your group kind of split off into smaller groups so that people have an opportunity to kind of work through some of those heavier things that they might be repenting of. And it's all in the facilitator's guide, so you can, you can read ahead, you can begin to prepare yourself for that. Um, but we want to set people up to have that opportunity of practicing repentance and, um, and having a good experience there. So really, think of it as accountability. Think of it as an opportunity for somebody to be in a setting like this and say, here's what's not working in my life. And there will be some questions and prompts to try to double click on that. But we might be saying things like, uh, for instance, somebody might be like, my marriage is in shambles right now. And here's what's going on. And we're going we're gonna to be open about that. And we're going to pray together about it. So that's a heavy one. And I wanted you, you to be aware of it. And please do read ahead so you can be prepared for it. Week number six, this will, this will be October 23rd, and Maggie and Sarah can correct me if I'm wrong. October 23rd, week number six, will be our serve experience. And that means that we will have church, and then instead of flipping and turning this into a, 
a space for groups to meet, we're actually going to have kind of sack lunches, and some of these details are still fluid, but sack lunches that you're either eating quickly here before you depart, you'll eat together maybe in the lobby area, or you take it to the place that you're going to be serving together at, if they're okay with us doing this. You sit down for a few minutes, you have that meal, but then you're going to get after a serve experience. You're going to get a tour of a facility, you're going to get to help with different things, um, depending on the, the organization that you end up going to. There's, there's just different options for us right now, and we're uh, firming that stuff up. But you and your table are going to coordinate commuting from here to a location and serving together for that hour, okay? So we're tucking in a, a quick meal, a commute, an hour of serving, a commute back, uh, so that we can keep everything within that two-hour timeline. Some of our people will be using our childcare, and that's a big deal. So they're going to want to be able to leave their kids here with confidence that, hey, I'm going to go do my thing, but then I'm coming back and I'll be able to pick my kids up. Okay, so we need to stick with the schedule. I hope that make, makes sense for you. Week number seven, October 30th, it's looking at the question, how can I make the most of my life? And this one is a little bit more aimed at not just serving the community, but now it begins to internalize it and think about the question, what are my spiritual gifts? And so we're going to try to help people work through that, how God has gifted us. Just so you are aware, as a church, we pay for an online assessment. It's not connected to Rooted, but it's something that you might actually leverage for this, where you can point people to our website to take a spiritual gifts assessment, and then they'd be able to kind of bring back their results and we can get those results to you guys as well as facilitators. So you can begin to see how God has wired each and every individual at your table. Week number eight is answering the question, how does God view money? And so that week will be another uh, large group teaching. So you'll be at your table, you'll have your meal, I'll deliver a, a sermon on giving and then you'll have your discussion time afterwards, and you'll begin to talk through, well, what does this look like? What does it actually look like? Boots on the ground. What's the, what's the routine for being generous with your resources? Week number nine, why and how should I tell others? And it's at this point that we begin to really push on the story nature of the rooted experience. I mean, we should be doing it all along, but this is a week designed specifically for that. We're trying to help people do what I talked about today, share the Christian message. And uh, with the emphasis of rooted, it, it's personal testimony. And so we're trying to help people think through sharing what they sense God doing in their lives. Um, so I think there are post-it notes that we can actually begin jotting some of this stuff down um, with the intention of encouraging our people to consider sharing those stories within the group at the celebration and maybe even from the stage during a celebration experience. So we got to be prepping people for that. You're not going to show up that day and be like, hey, do you mind jumping on stage and talking about what you feel like God is doing? Most, most people are not going to be ready for that. So you, we need to prepare them. We need to move them in that direction. 
All right, week number 10 and 11, okay, I'll explain. Wait, Corey, you've been talking about 10 weeks, okay, this whole time. I signed up for 10. I, I don't have an 11th week to give you. Week number 10 is, is answering the question, why is church important? And this one, this one is special, okay? And you need to hear it now so that you're prepared for that day. What we will be doing is we will be sitting at our tables and you will actually be doing what we ordinarily around here call honor time. So you're going to be looking at the people that you've just spent a good chunk of time with throughout this experience and you're going to look them in the eye and you are going to say something to them that is similar to a blessing or a benediction. So you're going to you're going to be looking at your table that you've been together with this whole time with and you're going to begin to give life-giving words to them of this is what I have observed about God's activity in your life. And you're you're acknowledging that, you're honoring them um, and you're also blessing them with with those words. Um let me do a couple examples just so you guys can see what it might feel like. Okay, uh, I will do, I'll do three, okay? So I can honor Dwight because God has blessed him with an incredible intellect. And the work that he has done in pastoral ministry and in his studies, and now he's a gift to our church as a retired pastor who I always lean on for preaching when I need help, and he's always willing to do that. So Dwight, I see that in you that has been a blessing to me, and I pray that God continues to use that experience and that gifting, and um, I'm thankful for you, Dwight. And um, that's what it's going to look like, but you're going to go around the table and do that with every person. Let me do two more, okay? So mom, what I have observed with mom is that she has been gifted with a tree farm, and has felt compelled by God to use that tree farm for God's glory. And that shows up in a lot of ways. Let me list a few. One is they use the property for the sake of ministry, both in outdoor outreach as a, week, as a yearly, uh, week-long experience during the summertime for uh, underprivileged or underserved kids. And they've been doing that for years and years now. It was also the landing point for our church. So if it weren't for the tree farm, COVID would have smoked us like it did for a lot of churches and especially portable ones. But they determined to open the farm to us so that we could have church. And they do this really weird, unheard of thing where they sell a bunch of puppies and then take employees from the tree farm on mission trips uh, so that they could experience God's work in various places. And it has been instrumental and people considering Christianity. And so, Mom, all those things are true of you, and they are incredible about you. They are a gift that God has given to you. And I pray that God would continue to use your heart for his glory and your tree farm uh, for his glory. So I honor you. Maggie, I'll do one more. Maggie uh, has a gift of administration and a gift of helps, where she just wants to bless and serve people. And so, Maggie, when opportunities come up, She's the first to volunteer herself, and she's organized, and so she pulls everything together. So the rooted experience for us, if it weren't for Maggie, I'll just be honest, it probably wouldn't work that well. So 
but Maggie is pulling people together and organizing and creating living documents that she's updating. I'll get online at 10 o'clock at night and I'll notice that things are currently changing. And I'll go, who on earth is messing with this document? And it's Maggie. She's at home. People are registering. She's on her computer making updates. And I'm like, good grief. Uh, as, a, as a volunteer, she just, Maggie, you're amazing. And you've been a huge help. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I honor you. Now, on week, that, that final week, that's what we're all going to do. We're going to be at our table. We're going to be, uh, the labeling here is prophetic prayer. So you are speaking the life-giving words over the people at your table. And so you need to begin thinking in that direction right now. Because as you meet these people, you should be keeping track of the things that you are observing so that week 10, you're not scrambling. You've been praying about this all along. You've been talking to God about it. He's been revealing things to you. And you feel well-equipped to do that in that moment. So you're going to go around the table. And if you're co-leading with other people, you might be tag-teaming and you're coordinating that together. But you're going around and every person at your table is getting that word of blessing spoken over them. Let's just think about the effect that that could have. Imagine 100 people sitting here on November 20th. And they've just been, they've been practicing spiritual disciplines. They've been doing these things, uh, you know, for months now. And then we come together and you look them in the eye with sincerity. No flatteries allowed in this, by the way. You look them in the eye and you say this sort of thing to them. And imagine this is happening simultaneously. Hundred people, maybe ten tables in here. Imagine what that's going to feel like. We've, we've done honor time with uh, the spiritual leadership cohort, with the kids' ministry, with our leadership team. Every time I've done this, I always leave that event going, that was special. Like to hear God affirming other people through the mouths of each other, that's pretty special. And we have an opportunity to be on the, on the front line of that in November. So I think that's, uh, I think it's, it has an opportunity to be a really special moment in the life of our church. All right, so question, what's the 11th thing on there? Well, best practice, they can consolidate. We could consolidate it to that week 10 experience. I'm a little hesitant to try to conflate it all. I think we'll have to firm it up as we get into it. I actually wonder if there will be some spillover into our church service. And here's what I mean. So we'll do November 20th. It'll be our final rooted session together in this format. Um, the following weekend is Thanksgiving weekend. We will not have any special programming. It'll be pretty low key for church and everything else. But I wonder if December 4th, if that becomes like a service that we hold for church and we kind of loop in some of the rooted stuff. And so that way we're able to highlight the stories that are being told. We're able to include the, the broader church family, anyone who wasn't a part of it yet. Um, but still workshopping these ideas. And I'm not signing you up for extra. I understand that some of you can't be here on that, on that week. Um, those who own a tree farm cannot be here on the busiest weekend of their, their year. 
Um, but I wonder if it'll spill over as we start to think through what, those, what that final week will look like in this setting and then what we need to do to kind of capitalize on it. So let me just pause for a moment and allow you to ask some questions because that was a lot of information, but I wanted you to kind of have the big picture in view. So as you look at this and as we've gone through it, what things are unanswered at the moment when you look at the rooted framework and the schedule of the week shaking out? There are three sessions with a sermon component. So it's week one for the kickoff vision night. And then um, it's week eight for the money talk. And then week 10 slash 11 for the celebration. Those will be the three where I stand up here in front of the rooted, everybody who's a part of it, and uh, I share from the stage. Otherwise, this is discussion-driven and workbook-driven, meaning you will have everything that you need in your facilitator guide, and as people are doing the workbook week by week, you will come to the rooted experience after church, and you will guide and lead a discussion based off of the work that they've been doing. So there won't be a video component, there won't be a sermon component, it'll be people sitting down together, having a meal, and then engaging in that discussion. Good question. Any other questions? That's right. It's good point, Steve. So I can I how I explained it was a little bit confusing because I brought up examples of something that we've done around here where we share, different people share with each other. With this one, it's on you guys. So you, as the facilitators, you're the ones who are going to be doing that, those words of encouragement, that prophetic prayer, that word of blessing. So it'll be the facilitators at the table coordinating how to do that for everybody who's a part of it. So yeah, it'll be on you and we won't be divvying that up with participants. Great question. What other questions do you guys have? Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> it will be more of a, things are happening simultaneously. So it'll, we'll have a kind of a buffet line. People will be getting their food. They'll be going to their table. Um, we'll try to coordinate that a little bit so that people aren't like, like one person from your table is the first one and then somebody else from your table is the last one and there's a gap there. So we'll try to have you guys going through together. Then you'll land at your table and you almost have to, to, to make the most out of the time, you'll almost have to start immediately where you're eating, but you're talking. And it'll work because you'll ask a question, but then maybe, maybe Phil will talk for, you know, 30 to 90 seconds and other people are taking their bites and then you might ask another question and 
you, you might end up eating afterwards as a facilitator, but you know, you want to create an environment where people um, get to talk. And I think that the food thing is a big deal, you know, of being able to do that. I think that's kind of how the New Testament presents some of those, uh, those meal times. It's not just like we're eating in silence and you hear forks clicking and then we talk. I think it just happens at the same time. Great question. Any other questions? What else do you guys have? Yes, sir. Yep. So we've been working with, we've been making phone calls and making some headway. Now, you understand that when we say, hey, we'd like to show up at your place on a Sunday at 12 o'clock and serve for an hour and then take off, that's a very unique ask. You know, there's not a lot of organizations that are sitting around going, I right, we expect a bunch of volunteers rolling in here. So some of them are like, we can't really do that. We can't accommodate that. Some of them are like, we could do that. We could probably do 20 people. Like Tracy from the Pregnancy Care Center, she's organizing it so 20, so two groups can show up and there will be a plan for those groups for an hour. Um, life decisions, I've not made headway on that one, but that one's, their, their uh, house is right at their church, so that's kind of convenient. And so hopefully some of the adult volunteers and maybe even some of the kids that are being served are there, and so we might be able to do a couple groups there. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that have confirmed. The rescue mission, okay. Rockford rescue mission will be one. Um, we've talked about having a kind of a backup plan of meal packing with kids around the world, and uh, my buddy Jared works for them, and we've got some connections. They're doing the, the million meal pack, I think, what it, when is that? Uh, September 25th. So they're doing a Rockford-wide event on September 25th. They're packing a million meals. We might be able to nab some of those and say, hey, we, we'll do this for you. The thing that is leading us away from that idea is it's not relational. We want the serve experience to be relational and not just task-oriented. And... Um, if we can go to their warehouse and we can help them clean up and rub shoulders with some of the guys over there, I think that'd be beneficial. So we're just, you know, we're working on the details, but the plan is, Steve, that we will have a, a list of the different places that the groups could go to, and we'll try to organize that so that every group has a place and it'll be a good experience. We will, we will have to. We will have to. And I'm happy if you say, you know, if Dwight goes, I've got connections at the rescue mission. Or, or Mike says, I'd, you know, I've been working with the rescue mission, so I'd like to go there. We're not going to, uh, to the best of our ability, we're not going to say, oh, I'm sorry, we already gave that one away to somebody else. We'll do what we can to make sure you go someplace that, that you're excited about because, again, as a facilitator, you're really setting the tone. If, if you're excited, other people will catch on. But if you're like, you know, grumpy about it, like, oh, I'm going to that place I don't like, then that's a problem. So we'll try to, we'll try to do right by you. Other questions?
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It'll be all hands on deck. We'll all be moving stuff around. But it'll work because we did alpha this way. And what you noticed is there, there are people who God has wired and gifted to just serve. And like you saw it today, there were people who aren't, aren't here right now, but they were helping us stack chairs. They saw people moving around and they said, what's, what's going on here? I'll help. And they jump right in. So it, it'll, it'll work probably better than you imagine, just because the nature of how people jump in so willingly around here. But yeah, it'll be stacking the chairs up and then putting tables out and putting chairs around the tables. And we'll have a, Lord willing, kind of like a cart thing with centerpieces. And we'll need to put all the workbooks out. So you might have your group's workbooks and you're putting them there and, and you know, getting people to their to the right places. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, so Lord willing, Wednesday, we'll kind of have some firm numbers and then we'll start sending those out. So if, I, if we look at it right now, we don't have that many groups and we're doubling up on facilitators too. Just, so you guys might be with somebody else even. I can't remember like in my brain and Maggie's been moving stuff around too. So um, exactly, exactly. We did talk about that. And so we don't want a week where a table doesn't have a leader, you know, that would be tragic. We've, we need a facilitator at that table and it has to be somebody who's in that group. It can't be like, well, Sarah's going to fill in over here. They're going to go, oh, I don't trust her. Like, I don't even know her. Um, nothing against you, Sarah. So we're hoping, especially for the individuals who've indicated that they can't be at, like you guys, you can't be at maybe a couple of them. We want to make sure you're paired with somebody who uh, can carry that when you're not around. Um, at one point, just I'm walk, walking through kind of the thought process. So Ryan and Sarah were going to be a part of it. And I was like, well, they could, we were going to put them with you guys. I thought that'd be wonderful because you both had kind of different weeks that you weren't going to be available. But they are, are not going to jump in on this round. Um, but anyways, that's kind of how we're thinking. Like if you guys are going to be gone, we need somebody else with you. Um, and we're going to do the best job we can. Sure. I don't have something to write with, but we'll catch it. Okay, other questions? It kind of works itself out. It's, you start looking at the groups and the dynamics and it starts coming together. Obviously, you, you don't get it all right. I mean, having done Alpha a bunch of times and trying to place people. We're not, the church isn't meant to be a matchmaker where it's like, oh, I'm going to get all these guys together. They're going to have the best group ever. Uh, it's not really what we're supposed to do anyways. But you can, for the most part, feel out like, oh, I think these people would work together quite well. So it'll, it'll be fine. But it, keep the prayers coming, though. I'm not telling you not to do that. Um, 
All right, let's do, go ahead, Mike. That's going to be the, the one confusing piece. Um, and there's not a great way around it because you don't, we could close it and just say, we're not taking any more. And maybe at the end of the week, we might be at that point where we kind of look at the numbers and we look at the leaders. And, and if there's not capacity, like we don't want to set somebody up with a group that's way too big and you can't get into good conversations or, um, you know, you can't really get the right dynamics in there. We might get to a place where we say, we'll run it again eventually, but for now we're going to close the groups. I'll let you know. But the plan at the moment is it will be open next weekend. And so there might be a few people that we are placing in that moment. And so Sarah and Maggie have talked about it. And, you know, in that final hour, we can be saying, this person is planning to stay. And so we're going to bump them into this group. Now, I will tell you this. People who are uncommitted are going to get sniffed out right away. So with a meal... And with hanging out at church, and if you're here, it feels like an easy thing. Like, all right, I'm kind of crashing the rooted experience. I'll just get some free food. I'll hang out. I'll see if I want to do this. But we're actually asking people to make a commitment on week one. And it's, a, it's the rooted covenant. And it's saying two things that I notice. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Two things. One is you're committing to being present. Now, we've, I've talked to some of you individually. Obviously, if you're missing a week, like you're like, well, can I sign this in good conscience? Yes, you can. Because you, you know for the other weeks, to the best of your ability, Lord willing, you'll be here. Um, but what we don't want is a bunch of people who are in and out. Like, I'm coming this week, I slept in, didn't go to church, you know, and that changes the dynamic. So we're asking people to make that commitment of being present. And so if we place somebody in a group, Lord willing, unless there's like a, you know, relational dynamic that's unhealthy, they'll probably be in that group moving forward for the entirety of the experience. Um, the other thing on the covenant is confidentiality. So that way people understand, hey, we're going to get into some heavy stuff and people are going to need that freedom to be honest. And we have to agree that we're not going to take that information and broadcast it. You know, we're going to treat that sensitive information information uh, in a way that's appropriate. So we're going we're gonna to sign off on being confidential about the things that we discuss in here. Um, so anyways, hopefully your group is not shifting week to week. It should be pretty set after the first week. And uh, you'll ride out with that group for those 10 weeks, Lord willing. All right. What else do you guys have? This is a lot, and I know we need to talk through this stuff, so I'm glad we're getting it out in the open here. Um, okay, grab your workbook, your facilitator's workbook, the green one. Um, I want you to notice the opening section of this book. So... I'm going to talk a little bit about your role and how it fits with this experience and then kind of the importance of it for Park City Church. Um, I'm going to do that in just a minute. That would be page five. You're going to see your role and responsibilities. Um, then you have some 
pages that will help you understand what it's like, how to prepare for it, how to connect with people, what the expectations are after the fact, continuing on as a small group. Some of, some of your groups, it might become something, and midway through it, we're going to begin talking about this, it might become something that becomes a more established group where you guys are connecting and you're beginning to think through, hey, could we do this beyond the scope of Rooted? Could we keep meeting after the fact? And what would that look like? Some of you will be moving in that direction. Um, then on pages 9 through 12, you have the seven rhythms of Rooted. So think of those. Those are spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines in the sense that these are things that God has given us that help us experience his grace. So you got daily devotions of Bible reading and prayer. If you do that, uh, good things are going to happen. Prayer, the second one listed there. Obviously, uh, there's a fasting component to that. And I'll encourage you guys to talk to your group about doing that on the week where we do the prayer experience. Um, what we would encourage is that the Saturday before, we will start fasting after breakfast. So you'll fast through lunch and dinner that day if you're a three-meal-a-day kind of person. And then you'll fast in the morning on Sunday. You'll come to church. And then at group, you would break the fast. You would share the meal together. So we'll talk through that. We'll teach. We'll instruct. But that's um, a part of that prayer, spiritual discipline. Um, we're going to encourage people to do that. Again, what week is, let's see, week three? No, week four. So that would be week four, October 9th. Um, then you've got repentance. We've talked through that a little bit. But I'm, I'm trying to point this out so that you see, you do have some teaching on this. So you can, this is your homework. You go home and you start reading this facilitator guide. And that way you get up to speed on what some of these different things will look like. Um, then each week you're going to get, you're going to use this workbook because it's going to give you all the information that you need to successfully lead your group. Both in preparation for it with your checklist before you arrive. And then while it's happening, you're going to have these kind of bullet points to be thinking through, okay, here's where we're going next. And we'll communicate with you each week. You'll get um, you'll get what's called a just-in-time training specific to that week. And it's a video teaching from the Rooted team. And it'll be specific to, here's what you're going to be doing in, in the Rooted experience this week. Here's what you need to be aware of. So it'll be a video teaching that we'll send out in an email. And Lord willing, we'll also have some kind of personalized notes of here's what to expect, a couple things to emphasize, and so on. But please do read the uh, introductory section to the facilitator guide. Um, okay, finally, we'll wrap up here. I'm trying to be mindful of your time. We've got five minutes. When, you, when we think about a facilitator, this is one of the most important jobs for Rooted in general, but it's really important for our church. A facilitator, in my opinion, is somebody who is coordinating the discipleship experience of our church. 
So, man, I had this conversation this week. If I'm looking at the Bible for the kind of person who should be a facilitator, I'm actually looking at the deacon requirements. Like you have to be a person of character. You have to be a person who understands the sound teaching. You have to be a person who has a variety of different giftedness. And this is not just like, you know, any warm body could fill this. No, it's like you guys are the caliber of people that I, am, that I consider capable of doing a job like this. And this is mission-critical stuff that we're talking about. You're, you're leading people in a discipleship experience. So you really are the, the leaders of our church in that sense. Phil and I, we talked a long time ago about groups. And I remember when you were at your previous church, you thought through, in an ideal situation, you'd have elder-caliber people leading groups. Remember that? And, you know, you start to drill down on how do you do that, and it's not very practical. But I think this is another iteration that's pretty close to that, to be able to say the caliber of people that we have facilitating our groups at our church are meeting the biblical requirements of deacons and deaconesses. We, We view them as spiritual leaders in our church. They are a critical component then of the life of our church, meaning what you do matters to Park City Church. Like, it's not just that you're a leader and then you go off and you, you know, you'll graduate from Rooted and then you'll take your group and you'll do whatever. No, we want to stay in lockstep because if you're leading a portion of our church in the discipleship experience, what you're doing is important and it should be coordinated. But you've heard me talk on this before. I'm passionate about this. I think group life is a critical component of, of a local church. Um, so I, I consider you guys of that caliber, and I appreciate each and every one of you. But your involvement then is mission critical. The success of Rooted boils down to you guys and how, how this goes for you and how invested you are in it. Uh, but I'm confident it's going to go really, really well. So thank you guys for being a part of this. I'm going to pray. If anyone needs to hustle out of here, you, you can. Uh, I'll stick around. We can do any more questions you guys might have, but I want to pray and get you out of here on time. So let's do that. Lord, we're, we're looking forward to how you're going to work in and through this um, strategic plan. And Lord, we know that this is not the only version of a discipleship experience. We, we understand that. But as a church, we've committed to this, to this for this season. And we're hoping that a lot of people um, have a really great experience of getting together with other believers and sharing what you are teaching them. And so I pray over these guys. I know they've got a lot on their plate right now when it comes to the expectations and requirements. Um, this is all new to all of us. And so, Lord, we're, we're kind of learning together. But, Lord, would you give them confidence? Would you fill them with your spirit? Would you help them to feel anointed to the assignment that you've given to them? And we pray this in your name. Amen.